Welcome to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. We hope you enjoy the upcoming podcast and hope this time is empowering, inspiring, and helpful as you pursue the dream God has put in your heart. The participants of this podcast are not attorneys, and this recording is not to be considered legal advice. Please contact your local attorney's office where needed. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Call, the podcast in which we talk about topics that help churches and ministries protect what God has called them to lead. I'm Marielle, and on today's episode, we will be talking about how to protect churches and ministries online with Christine Beauvais, Digital Product Specialist at Start Church. Christine, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Marielle, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you. And so we know that having your ministry online opens the door to so many new possibilities, whether you are connecting, you know, with your community or growing your current congregation or spreading the gospel around the world, the sky is really the limit on how you can engage online to share the love of Jesus. It's so true. So true. They're just unlimited possibilities. And we know that at the same time, most are unaware that there are guidelines that you should follow to keep your online interactions legally compliant and to protect your church, your members, um, your staff when interacting online. And so today, Christine and I are going to be talking about establishing your church and ministry online and then how you can keep it protected. So Christine, I'm so glad you're here today. We have a lot to cover, um, but I want to start off with the question, um, where do we start when it comes to establishing uh, a new church or a ministry? Yeah, so whether you're a brick and mortar or online, you'll always just want to start from square one, which is just get your ministry or church established. And we've done so many podcasts and blog posts on that. So I would highly encourage anybody listening to definitely go check that out. But to kind of give you some quick steps to kind of kind of move forward in this podcast, I'm going to give you guys five simple steps to go ahead and get your ministry or your church established. So first up is secure your name. So establishing your name creates your identity in your community. It gives you legal representation and determines your brand. So if you want to check if your name, that your name idea, what you've been processing and praying about is available, definitely visit your Secretary of State's website. And you can honestly just Google Georgia or Montana, whatever state you're in, Secretary of State, and it'll take you right there. Second step is to go ahead and get incorporated. So once you have your name idea selected and picked out and it's not taken, now you will begin to establish the legal foundation of your church or ministry. And incorporation will look different per state. So again, be sure to check your Secretary of State's website for any specific incorporation processes and instructions because you definitely don't want to miss those. Step number three is right near the beginning, create a brand. So along with coming up with your name, you want your brand to really 
capture that vision. So branding is how people will recognize your ministry as you engage with your community. You want to have a consistent message to communicate your ministry's values and its vision effectively. So step number four is to take your church or ministry online. If COVID taught us anything, it is to establish your brand and you want to create that online presence. And we'll definitely cover more of that topic later in this podcast, but there are also other older podcasts that we've definitely gone over in this topic way more in depth. And then step number five, start your 501c3 approval process. So once you've completed your incorporation process with the state, you will want to apply for your 501c3, which allows, it's the nonprofit status, which allows you to receive the tax deductible donations. Thank you so much, Christine, for giving us a rundown. You covered so many (laughs) topics that can get in a really concise and easy way. And so we know that if you're listening, maybe you've already gone through a lot of these steps, or maybe you're in the process of praying about, you know, how you're going to start your ministry. We find at our team finds that a lot of Um, pastors and leaders that feel called to start something new, they often get paralyzed. Like, I don't know where to begin. You know, I don't know how to handle the legal process of of doing what God's called me to do. And that's why we're here to help. And so we have an incredible service called um, the Start Right Service. And we will help you from start to finish, get your church or ministry incorporated so that you have a solid legal foundation. So if you want to learn more, we are here to help you. You can give us a call at 855 336-9830, or you can head on over to startchurch.com to learn more. All right, Christine, so let's just continue just diving in on on this topic. So now that we've talked about the steps to establish, you know, your church or ministry in a legal way, let's talk about getting everything established online. So we know that 2020 changed so many things for churches and ministries. I mean, um, social media has been around forever. A lot of churches and ministries already had a website, but there were many churches and ministries that were doing things totally in person, you know, never had to have things go online. And so yeah. the pandemic hit, it changed everything. <laughs> and yeah, it did. Um, we really had to adjust, you know, pastors and leaders everywhere were like, how do we continue to share the gospel message and, and you know, build community pour into our congregation in the middle of not being able to meet together. And so um, online ministry, you know, whether through websites or social media has really become um, of absolute importance to continue, like yeah. continue caring forth, like the mission of the church in this hour. And that's not going away anytime soon. Like it's more yeah. out. And so we're, yeah. we have to just keep like adjusting and adapting to, um, the world of the, the internet. technology of all of that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's just a challenge that we want to help pastors and leaders meet head on with confidence. And so Christine, yes. you um, part of, you know, what you do at start church, you've been able to help several pastors and ministers over the last several, uh, couple of months, create a church website for the first time, mm-hmm. ever, or, you know, better optimize their websites, yeah. you know, reach, more people during this time. So I'd love if you would just share a little bit about your experience um, over the past couple of months with that. Yeah. So it's, you're right. When COVID hit and everyone had to move to an online platform, 
We had people that were very confident and could just take it in stride. But then we also had other pastors and ministry leaders that were either early in their ministry process and they just hadn't reached that point yet. Or we also had pastors and ministry leaders that technology is just not their strong suit and which is totally okay, honestly. And that's why, honestly, I think God equips different skill sets and talents to different members of the body so that we can all lean on each other in these kinds of high intensity, very stressful times. And so what I have found is no matter where someone was starting off with wanting their website or creating it, they weren't alone. So whether they already were confident, they had a platform to go to, or they really had no idea what they were doing, they had a specialist they can call and talk through different ideas, what their dreams were, how can we solve this problem of I can't meet my congregation in person now, now what do I do to get online? How do I talk through everything? How do I do online sermons? And so personally experiencing all of that and being able to coach all these different ministry leaders and talking through those ideas and what to put on their websites to best represent their ministry has really been encouraging. And it's also been a lot of fun to just capture their dreams and then make it tangible in a digital format. Because that's really what a website is, is it is a, think of it as like a digital business card that when someone visits your website for the first time or the millionth time, they are visually seeing a representation, a tangible representation of what your ministry or what your church is about. And so that's been really fun to just make that kind of vision or mission tangible in such a creative visual format and so that's really how it's been in the last few months is just helping make all this happen and piecing all these things together for pastors and ministry leaders yeah that's so good christine and i'm actually wondering if you would share so we're actually talking about two different services that we offer so could you explain what they are and even the difference between the two yes so Specifically with Start Church, so those who are part of our Start Sites package or Start Sites creative service, those are the two website services that we offer. Start Sites is our self-designed platform that we use to create your website. So you don't have to have Start Sites creative to have start sites. You can literally just buy start sites and begin building your website. I've seen it happen as quickly as in like an hour to hour 15 minutes. Someone can crank that out and have a website published and ready to share. Right. It's really, really fun. And it's also something you can take your time with. You don't have to rush through building a website or something like that. But with start sites, you're able to share your vision, share meeting times, you can do video archives, you can do uh, sermon lives. So you can do live services on YouTube or Facebook or Vimeo and have those embedded on your start site. And then you can also, one of the big things is enabling online giving. So I know that was a really big issue when COVID hit and when everybody had to quarantine is you really couldn't send things around by mail because we were all trying to keep distance in that degree, but also because no one was going anywhere, 
giving dropped. And so when you have online giving enabled, it gives that freedom to keep going in that form of worship and still stay connected with your community just on a digital platform. So that's a Start Sites. Start Sites Creative, again, uses the Start Sites platform, but Start Sites Creative is a service. So I have me and my team, Start Sites Creative team, we have an appointment with you. We talk through what it is you want to have represented on your website. And then we translate that vision in a digital format. So we take out all the details that you give to us and then we get really creative and have lots of fun and make a website using the Start Sites template. And also we kind of serve as like a coach. So while we're on the appointments and talking through all that, if you've got questions or ideas and you're not quite sure how to implement certain things, we serve as kind of like a soundboard of how to help make that happen and how to make it happen for your website as well. That's awesome. And I can see how that, you know, type of service could be so helpful, especially for those who are like, I don't have the time to put into creating. It's so true. Yes. People who feel really uncomfortable with, you know, technology and they just feel totally overwhelmed by it. So I'm just curious if you would even share just a quick, maybe reaction that you've had from a particular leader or someone you worked with where um, they decided to use Start Sites or Start Sites Creative and, and they just were really um, amazed by it. Yes. Well, I even had, um, someone today, I had an appointment this morning and we were just talking through, and again, like the coaching aspect is kind of just built into the appointment process. So I was just asking questions and I was giving them ideas of different things, different options we could put on the website and they go, oh my gosh, I am so excited. And I was like, this is great. This is why we do what we do. Because really and truly, it can be so overwhelming, even if you are technically savvy and you have an idea of what you're wanting. Sometimes just piecing it together, you're like, "Eh, I probably need to think on this a little bit longer. Whereas you have a teammate working on this with you or doing it for you. And you're like, okay, this is my idea. What can we do with it? And specialist, me or my teammates would be like, "Mm, actually, we can make it happen this way, this way, or this way. Which option would you like? And they're like, what? This is amazing. We're like, we're just doing what we can to help. (laughs) And so those are the fun moments that um, when we're doing the Start Size Creative process to really just honestly make someone excited because that is part of the awesome thing of having a website and starting a ministry is it becomes more real and more tangible and you can share it with people. And then it's just great once it's all done and we pass the finished website over to them and they're like, yep, this is us. We got to go. We got things to do. And like, have fun. (laughs) We're here if you need us. (laughs) Oh, that's, that's awesome. And even just hearing you talk about that, there's such a benefit to having a team of people and being, being able to bounce ideas off of one another and getting feedback. So that's so great. Yeah. So Christina, I actually want to just dive more into this topic of, you know, different types of online platforms. So let's talk a little bit about social media. So we know that along with having a website and different streaming services, it's always a good idea to have an active social media presence and even saying that. So that topic, it can be overwhelming as well because it can take so much time. And so um, one thing we even suggest is maybe even recruiting a volunteer or just somebody Mm -hmm. um, 
maybe involved with your church or ministry, who would be really passionate about this area where you can maybe hand off some responsibility. Um, and we'll yeah. get into a little bit later in the podcast about how to handle that um, in a really compliant and in a way that protects your church or ministry when you're getting other people involved with um, yeah. you know, social media and that sort of thing. Um, but these, these types of platforms are constantly adding new features. So you can get really creative in, in how you can engage with your congregation and growing your reach online. And so, um, Christine, I'd love to hear, you know, if you have some ideas for strategy for using social media, I know there are so many different platforms. Mm-hmm. Here's the first thing I will say right off the top, pick one, pick one to really invest in. But also go ahead and claim your other social media handles. So if in the long term you want to do Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, go ahead and claim your spot on all those platforms just so you're, you have them and you can just make sure no one's going to take the handle. You don't have to fight for all of that. And then just house your passwords and logins and some secure spot so you can always go back to it. But once you do all that, then just pick one to really hone in on. Because like a website, social media, when you're first starting out, can be pretty overwhelming. There's, like you said, Marielle, there's a lot of different options that you can do, especially with content creation and all that kind of stuff. It just can be a lot. So outside of getting a volunteer, so if it's just you and maybe one other person, Go ahead and ideate what kind of content you want to have online. And then from there, I would then pick what platform would fit that best. So if you are wanting to do content that lets people know what you're up to, scripture, any encouragement, if you have pictures or graphics, you know, then from there, once you have an idea of, okay, this is what I wanna do with social media, then go ahead and pick your one that you want to focus on. So to give you guys a, some idea of what each platform is helpful with, Facebook is great for posting blogs. It's also great for posting events, announcements, videos, and encouragement. And it's great for connecting with your congregation through groups or pages And it's great for streaming online. So it's a great all-in-one package with Facebook. Twitter is great for posting sermon clips, quotes, Bible verses, announcements, or encouragement. Twitter is a little bit more bite-sized. So it's much more like quick 60 to 30 seconds of encouragement. So someone can just consume and view while they're thumbing through the app. Instagram is great for posting pictures, graphics, scripture, announcements, and sermon quotes. So I would say Instagram is kind of a an interesting mix between Twitter and Facebook. So Instagram has a lot of really cool video features like Instagram TV, Instagram Live, Instagram Reels, but those are more bite-sized consumables than like a full like hour and a half long video. So Instagram is a really good middle point to either point to Facebook or you can do your sermon lives with Instagram Live. Uh, Instagram TV also lets you do longer videos, uh, like 10 minutes or so. So if you wanted to do 
like let's say a weekly Bible scripture, kind of a, like a study, a bite-sized study. Instagram TV is awesome for that. Instagram Reels is anywhere from 15 to 30 to 60 seconds. Again, consumable bite size. So if you're doing like a quick prayer over your congregation for the day in 60 seconds, Instagram Reels is really great for that. And also Instagram Stories, kind of same kind of concept. So Instagram has a lot of different facets within the platform for you to get really creative but while you have all those kinds of options, I would just encourage you to kind of do bite-sized and then grow into those different facets once you kind of get an idea of what kind of content your congregation really loves connecting with and what you, as a pastor and ministry leader, want to communicate through that platform. And then YouTube is pretty much everything, all things video. So you can do live streaming. You can do um, house church videos. You can do Bible studies, any sort of general curriculum. There's no time limit on those videos. So you can just do all your full content on there as well as your lives. And so I would suggest those four. And again, pick the one that's, pick one that is going to really help push your ministry forward and then you can grow into your other social media after you've claimed all of the handles. (laughs) That's some great advice, Christine. And um, I think another thing that was coming to my mind as you were sharing, you know, you can get overwhelmed thinking, oh, I have to be posting every day or multiple times a week. And a really good idea and strategy to have is to pick maybe one day a month where you sit down, you take maybe an hour to plan out your content for that month, create a bunch of different uh, posts, and then you'll have all that content ready. So you can just post it yes. throughout the month. And so that way you're not worrying every week. Oh, how do I keep active and, and engaged on social media? You'll have all your content. Yeah, ready. Which is a great point. And that is a huge game cha- game changer, being able to schedule out your posts or plan in advance. And it really doesn't have to be super complicated or super thought-provoking. Just sometimes someone loves seeing a little bit of encouragement or something to make them smile. And there, I'm not kidding, there are a ton of platforms out there to help with scheduling. But if you guys need help with designing graphics, shameless plug, I love the online platform called Canva, C-A-N-V-A.com. They've got a free version and a paid version, and they also offer some sort of discount for nonprofits, but it's the best thing. I love using it. And they also, if you have the pro plan, they also include uh, social media scheduling. So it's one of those that's all in one to help give you really beautiful graphics if you're not a graphic designer. So it helps piece all of that together, make that easier. I agree too. I am such a Canva fan. It has Love it. Features. Yes. Awesome. Well, Christine, those are all great ideas. And so now that we've covered, you know, how to begin establishing your, an organization getting your church or ministry online, let's talk about legally protecting everything. So we know that people can get into some trouble when it comes to posting online, and they may not even be aware of some of the rules and guidelines that the IRS has in place. So Mm. um, when it comes to engaging online, how can churches and ministries best protect their organizations, their staff, their volunteers, and their members? Yeah. First thing I would say in regards to this is establish policies and then actually implement them because it is so crucial for a church or a ministry 
to have policies for how you do ministry specifically online. These policies need to cover how to interact with others online, how to use social media, privacy policies, and I mean the list continues. There's a lot of nuances that go into that. So some topics that a church's social media policy should outline are who and what can be represented in the photos posted, protection for those who are in foster care system and in custody custody issues, your privacy policy, who can post on your social media account. This also means does someone approve the post before they get published? Like what's the system and process for posting on your social media? and how to interact with any social issues or political matters. So those are a few of the privacy policies, um, contents that you want to include. And again, that is not all inclusive. There's so many pieces that you will want to include with all of that. And so there are also privacy policies for your website, not just your social media, and the information you collect from the people who visit your website. So pretty much any sort of digital platform you will want a policy for. And your online ministry should also add a section to their policies that would help keep the church in line with IRS compliance. IRS Publication 1828 lists qualifications and rules nonprofits have to follow. So the IRS does care how you operate your social media and online platforms. That's a great topic, Christine. And I think that there may be some pastors and ministers out there who are, just aren't aware of that. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. not, are not aware of this publication 1828. So could you explain a little bit more about this? Yeah. So staying compliant with IRS publication 1828 really hammers in the negative behaviors to avoid on social media to stay in compliance because the IRS does care about it. So an example, and I'll just go through a few options. So inappropriate comments, pictures, or gestures are just definitely not allowed in there. So it means promiscuous pictures, sexual comments to other people online, or crude gestures that would never, that really should not ever be posted on social media. Another one is political comments, stances, or rants. And this is kind of a big one. So as listed in the IRS publication 1828, a pastor or a church can't claim a political party from a public platform, including social media. This is not to say a pastor cannot address beliefs or any sort of hot political topics over social media. But you'll definitely want to have the clear boundary lines on what that looks like and let your policies be clear on how your staff and pastors can interact with political matters on social media to stay within the IRS compliance. And of course, you guys, because this gets a little bit more involved, you definitely can also give us a call in regards to that or reach out to an attorney directly just to figure out more of what's involved with that. And the last thing I'll mention is the pastor's or church staff's behavior. So as a church staff member, whether collectively or just one person, they are held to a higher standard and face scrutiny more frequently. 
So the staff member's conduct is reflected not only on them individually, but also the church as a whole or ministry as a whole. So actions that you'll definitely want to avoid, but definitely aren't limited to angry rants, theological debates, slandering businesses, organizations, or other pastors, behaviors that violate the church's bylaws of restricted activities. So without these details included in your policy, it could be easy to misuse social media. And honestly, it really can hurt your witness when other people view these kinds of content. And that is their representation of how they're viewing their ministry at first glance. So churches and individuals can be sued for violating privacy, custody issues, and related situations regarding that matter. Thank you so much for sharing, Christine. And that's why it's really important to get really clear in your policies, because how we mentioned earlier, like say you have an intern or a volunteer that helps to run some of your social media, you're going to want to make sure that you have clearly told them like, hey, these are our policies. Um, Because at the end of the day, it really just comes down to protecting you, your church, your staff, and everybody involved. So you're, mm-hmm. you know, these things may seem like no brainers, like you wouldn't want this kind of inappropriate behavior or so, or, you know, whatever the topic we just mentioned um, taking place online, you just want to be clear so that um, everybody knows what the guidelines are. Yeah. And really you want to be held accountable to that. Because worst case scenario, if that really gets jeopardized, it will jeopardize your 501c3 tax exempt status. So the action of one person could affect a whole organization and its legal status. So we never want to definitely, we don't want to see that happen to your ministry. And again, our team is totally here to help if you have any questions revolving around that. And you can also look a little bit more in depth, again, on publication 1828. And that'll, you could do a quick Google search of that and it'll take you directly right to the IRS website. And we also have a really great resource for you called our policy suite. And so we have over 50 policies that you can use. You can customize them to fit your church or ministry's needs. And so um, if you wanna learn more about that, head on over to startchurch.com and we'd, we'd be happy to help you um, with that resource. And so Christine, um, you know, as we're talking about this topic of protecting churches and ministries, is there another area that we should be aware of? So the another thing I want to bring up, and again, remember, we're not legal, like we're not lawyers. So anything a little bit more in depth, you're going to want to talk with a lawyer and we're just giving you cursory information so you know where to begin to be to start your research so you have a good foundation. So I want to mention copyrights and trademarks. So these are really important to implement and use for your online ministry. Not only will they protect the content you show online, which could be easily stolen if not protected, but they will also keep your organization out of trouble. And what I mean by that is other people have copyrights and trademarks. So if you are using their content or their their rights without asking, it could also jeopardize you to be in some pretty compromisable legal situations. So an example is worship songs and other graphics that you could use online and they would be 
protected by copyrights and trademarks. And also uh, music licensing is another thing you'll definitely want to look into. So licensing music and other digital resources are important to factor in to all of that as well. So if you are using content that is not originally yours, make sure you obtain a license or the proper permission to use those kinds of assets online for your website. And if you don't, you could jeopardize not only the credibility, but also the legal standing of your ministry. That's so true. And that's why it's so important to do your research and really know what's happening when it comes to copyrights and trademark. And so Christine, um, thank you so much for, you shared so much valuable information (laughs) today. And I know there are so many rabbit trails we could have gone off on in in greater depth, but um, I'm just curious if you have any last thoughts or encouragement for our listeners that you want to share today. Yeah, and honestly, I'm going to circle back around to something you said earlier, Marielle. The fact of pastors and ministry leaders, you really don't have to do this alone. If this is really outside of your wheelhouse, get a volunteer to help or get a staff member to take over and have a team to help assist you with this. Because really and truly, it makes all the difference having someone else not only just bounce ideas off, but also to hold accountable, to help with scheduling, to help with piecing together the website. I mean, there's so many different aspects to all of what we talked about today, and it it really truly is just better to do it with someone else. So whether that's us, whether that's a volunteer that you um, hire on or recruit, definitely don't do it alone. That would be my, my last two cents to impart. I agree, Christine. And thank you so much again for sharing all of your information today. And thank you for being on the podcast. Yes. Thank you so, so much for having me today. It was awesome. We hope that today's episode gave you more of the tools and resources you need to build a solid legal foundation for your church or ministry and to stay in compliance. If you need any help establishing your ministry or with any of the topics that we mentioned today, we would love to assist you. So please give us a call at 855-336-9830 or go on and visit startchurch.com to learn more. And as always, thank you for listening to Beyond the Call and we look forward to you joining us again next week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. If you have any questions about what you have heard today, please give us a call at 844-641-5718 or visit our website at startchurch.com. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Start Church Beyond the Call. Start Church has helped thousands of churches and ministries protect what God has given them to lead. Check out our website at startchurch.com or feel free to call at 844-641-5718. We would be honored to serve you.